0: Welcome to Mind Styling, the podcast that explores how we can win at the game inside our heads and make a mark on this world in our own unique style on our own terms.
1: We interview entrepreneurs and leaders who aren't afraid to push the boundaries and set their own definitions of success. We will share with you the tips and techniques they use to style their mind and give you the tools you need to start Mind Styling for yourself.
0: So hello and welcome to our latest episode of Mind Styling. I'm Amy Armstrong. And I'm Dr. Becky Sage. And today we're delighted to welcome Shah Main Lawrence. She's a Bristol-born businesswoman shaking up entrepreneurship with her proactive celebration and support of Black and ethnic minority entrepreneurs. As someone who naturally sees talent and opportunity wherever she goes, Shah has built a diverse set of business interests. She set up Mogul-Minded Group to help bridge the gap between Bristol's diverse entrepreneurs and the corporate business scene. In 2016, she launched the MMG Regional Awards to celebrate the hard-won successes of Black and ethnic minority entrepreneurs across the city. And then fed up with the lack of media interest, she took hold of the spotlight herself and launched Mogul Magazine in 2018, the first ever BME-led digital publication for entrepreneurs. At the same time, Shah has launched and established her own successful cosmetics line and business and she's artistic director of St. Paul's Carnival, as well as mum to her lovely nine-year-old daughter. So Shah, you must be an extraordinarily busy lady. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Welcome. Thank you so much for finding the time to be here with Becky and me.
2: Thank you for having me, (laughs) lady. How would you like to introduce yourself after all of that? (laughs) Um, I would say that, you know, the introduction was perfect. I wouldn't want to change a thing. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult when it's time to introduce yourself. Do you know what I mean? Cause you, well, I tend to kind of just say, well, I'm just, you know, me, I just love doing what I do. And I honestly couldn't see myself doing anything else. <laughs> So it was perfect. I wouldn't change a thing in the introduction. Sure,
1: it it brings to mind um something I read in one of the articles about you, which said that you were all about taking other talent with you, and and it's actually I think sometimes it's easier for somebody else to shine the spotlight and to lift other people up and to kind of tell that story um of who somebody is rather than like you yourself. Like you said, if, when you talk about yourself, you're like, I'm just me. I just do my things. Um, yeah. but when we think about kind of taking other talent with us um and raising each other up then we're really able to to highlight our successes um so is that something that's really important to you
2: yeah no it really is you know i do believe in just creating a worthwhile platform that people can um utilize and be proud of and um you know i i just like shining a light where i believe it needs to be shined
1: so could you take us back on your journey a little bit how did you get into being an entrepreneur um and then from there how did you build out kind of all these very much a kind of multi-hyphenate person doing doing many different things so how, how did you go on that journey
2: um back in 2014 I went on a bit of a life journey where I went on a natural hair journey. You know, growing up in the black community is very easy to always be manipulating our hair and doing stuff to our hair. And my daughter used to say, Oh, Mom, can I have my hair like yours? And I used to always be telling her, Angel, your hair is beautiful just the way it is. You don't need to change your hair. And I thought, Right, sure, you know better. You know, telling your daughter one thing and then doing another is giving her mixed signals. You really need to um, show her her hair is beautiful by really, you know, keeping your natural hair the way it naturally is. So my daughter inspired me to go on my natural hair journey and I learned so much about my hair. And on my natural hair journey, I was looking at the products I was using and paying more attention to the products I was using on my skin. And basically, if you cannot eat it, you shouldn't put it on your skin, you shouldn't put it in your hair because your skin is your body's biggest organ. So I was introduced to shea butter and natural coconut oils and olive oils and all these different jojoba oils and stuff like that. And I started creating my own mixtures in my kitchen and I started using it on my daughter and she used to have a bit of eczema at the time. And when I was using my mixtures that I would make on her, it got rid of her eczema. So I was like, okay, that's really dope. For years, all of our all of our life, we've been trying to get rid of you know eczema using different creams prescribed by the doctors and stuff like that. And it never really seemed to just get rid of it. It used to heal it for a little while and then it would come back. So... I realized it got rid of her eczema, just using natural products. And, um, I started giving out little pots to family and friends and stuff like that. And they really liked it. And I thought, right, Shara, why don't you turn this into a business? So I decided to create my own natural skincare line, which was, um, which consisted of body butters, lip balms, lotion bars and stuff like that. But in 2014, I really didn't know what to do in terms of, well, what, how do you start a skincare line? who do you speak to? And I was thinking I would like to meet um a group of successful business women across Bristol, you know, who can help me out. I was looking online for networking events and most of the networking events were 250 a year, 500 quid a year in terms of the membership costs. And I just didn't have that money. And at the same time in 2014, I knew of at least 10 other black females from St. Paul's all starting their own businesses. And I thought, why don't I put on a networking event of my own? Where I can get all these ladies to come and then we can network amongst ourselves. If I'm selling creams, she does fitness classes, she does hair, she does food, she makes clothes, we must can generate some business amongst ourselves. So that made me think of my first event called the Queen's Power Lunch. At my first event, I had about 50, 60 women there, all between the ages of 18 till about 67, some starting their own businesses, some with their own business, and some Thinking, trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. And it was a brilliant event. And the women started demanding I put on more. Like when I seen the need for the event, I was like, wow, I definitely need to keep this going. So then I decided to focus on the networking events and put my skincare dreams on the back burner, you know, because I was just, it's it like a door just opened and I didn't realize that this was really needed So at my events as well, I would always have men turning up at the door with their money, wanting to pay to get in. And I always say to people, I don't know if they were there for the women or there for the (laughs) network, you know, but I did think, okay, Shar. Men need to network as well. So I created another event called the Mogul Minded Networking Banquet, which men were able to attend as well. So I started doing networking events. And in 2016, by 2016, I realized I built up quite a network of entrepreneurs that I was in regular contact with through doing my networking events. And I thought, there's nothing that celebrates us in Bristol. You know, there's no award ceremony where, you know, it's for... BAME businesses or BAME creatives and stuff like that. And although there was the MTM Awards, which I think it's a brilliant award ceremony, I felt like there wasn't something that crossed over to the variety of genres of entrepreneurs that I was coming across. So I decided to create the MMG Regional Awards, which... I wanted it to be an event that brought the whole Southwest together. So, you know, there's lots of them people from diverse communities all across the Southwest doing great work. I wanted to create an event that catered to us all. So that was how the MMG Regional Awards was born. And then that became really, really popular. On our first year, we had probably 17,000 votes from across the Southwest. On our second year, we had about 50,000, 60,000 votes, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And so the MMG Awards is is just a brilliant success. We would have been doing one this year, but as you know, COVID happened and it made everyone's, you know, plans be put on hold. So while I was doing the MMG Awards, I kept inviting the media to come along, like, you know, inviting all the different media um, outlets from from across Bristol to come and you know, cover the event. I would have like three hundred BAME entrepreneurs all in one room celebrating their achievements from across the Southwest. And it just would never ever make it into the local papers or anything like that. I'd do I'd do pre-event press releases, I'd do post-event press releases, I'd contact individual journalists and email them. And it was just always absolute silence. But what I noticed is if someone had a fight in town or they ended up in court, they would make the newspaper. Do you know what I mean? It's easier for people from diverse communities to end up in the paper for something bad than if I got a room full of 300 BAME entrepreneurs doing great work. It just was not news. So I went on a few workshops um, with them, um, f- which was put on by organizations like the, like the BBC and spoke with other journalists. And they said to me blatantly, they said, Look, Shar, it is something that we know is an issue. Um, with mainstream media. Unfortunately, a positive story just isn't sensational enough. And I said, unfortunately for me, what I found was my story isn't a negative to positive story. For example, I'm not a drug dealer now doing positive work. I'm not, there's nothing, I'm not coming from a bad background. I'm just a young girl. Yes, I come from a diverse background. Yes, I come from a poor background, but it's not, I don't have a negative story to tell because to me, I'm not a victim. Do you know what I mean? So, and they said, it, the story is just not sensational enough. Having 300 BAME entrepreneurs in a room ain't sensational enough. And speaking with a journalist from the BBC, she said, I look, I um, looked at what you were saying about, you know, there having to be a negative beginning in ter- and then it turns to positive. She said that she looked at, she's seen a story about a black girl from Birmingham that made it to the papers. And it was, oh, um, I was a stripper, now I'm a Christian, and she said she saw the point I've been making in the workshops and stuff like that, because that made it into the paper. It was something negative, and now she's something positive. But unfortunately for me, I don't necessarily have a negative story, and I don't have a victim-based story. Mm -hmm. So it just... Thank God you don't, Shah. Isn't
0: that brilliant that you don't?
2: (laughs) That's what I think, do you know what I mean? it it just it was not sensational enough for mainstream media and I thought you know what after four years of reaching out sending hundreds if not thousands of emails I got tired of reaching out to the local mainstream media but with that being said um we did always end up in the papers in Cardiff and Newport we ended up in the papers in Swindon so it's like the the I was very disappointed in Bristol's media because the award ceremony here. It was created here. And every year we bring people from all over the Southwest to here. The majority of the winners are from Bristol and it's still just not interesting enough for Bristol. So I thought, you know, being the person that never complains, I hate complaining. I don't believe in complaining. It's good to complain if you're thinking of a solution, but I'm not just going to go on Facebook and rant just for the sake of ranting. I thought, sure, just create your own magazine just do your own magazine. And that way you can give a balanced view on the people and the issues you think you believe their stories need to be told, you know? So that gave me the idea and it prompted me to create Mogul Magazine under the Mogul Minded group. And then back in July this year, because I kind of put, Nine Cosmetics on the back burner, I decided to relaunch Nine Cosmetics. And so now I have Mogul Magazine, which was launched in November, 2018. And I have Nine Cosmetics, Cosmetics, which is an all-natural skincare brand made in the heart of Bristol, which has now been relaunched on the 7th of July, 2020. (sighs) Wow!
1: wow. <laughs> I've got so many questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many things in there. I just want to go back to this. Um, just talking about the media and, and picking up stories and having to having to demonstrate this kind of real adversity and coming out of adversity in order for it to be sensational enough. Have you found that that's changed recently? Um, is it that the backdrop and the context means that? Um, there is more of a platform for you now than there was previously?
2: Um, I believe with everything that's been going on in the world, I believe it may be a little bit easier um, in order to at least have someone read your emails and get back Mm -hmm. to you. But I do still find that most of the stories I see regarding Black people in the media or the diverse community, it is sensational in terms of it's still pretty negative. Yeah. Like even all around the world, yes, the Black Lives um, Matter movement is a brilliant movement. But look at the backdrop, you know. Like mm-hmm. is 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 it's coming? It's still on a negative backdrop. You know, someone has to die before everyone starts having a conversation, and then yeah. talking about all the injustices. And I'm not saying it. It needs to be spoken about but I wish I can see more black stories and BAME stories in the media without Mm -hmm. it coming from that, without it being on a negative foundation.
1: And so um I, I just want to talk about the the kind of emotional journey it takes to go through from because even me listening to you right now I'm kind of getting a bit angry <laughs> and and it feels very kind of heightened just to be like oh why are these stories not being told it sounds incredible you know the things that you're doing the spotlights you're shining on a, on amazing work um how did you how How do you turn that kind of frustration into something positive do you Do you have doubts as you go through that do you Does that frustration kind of stop you in any way or does that help you to power through and go do you know what I'm setting up my own magazine and now you've got fifty thousand Instagram followers, so every day you can tell those stories for yourself that's really positive and you've turned that around so what what does that journey look like that you've been on to go from that frustration into that positive impact?
2: Um, it's it's funny because it is frustrating when you're going through it. But I sometimes what I realize is I didn't know I can do this stuff. I didn't know. But I almost everything I've done, I've been forced to do it. Other than nine cosmetics, I kind of was forced to do networking events because I felt like no one wasn't letting me in or it was very, you know, clicky, the groups, you know, and I had high membership fees in order to even join. And then with the newspapers, I felt like, I felt like um, they had the power to silence me because they just weren't allowing me on their platforms, you know, but I didn't get bitter from it. I got better. So the frustration makes me creative. I feel there's a saying when they say, I work better under pressure. Unfortunately, I don't know anything but pressure. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. So breaking through and creating something that I am happy with and that works for me is something that I've always had to do. So I don't know anything different, you know, but it does get frustrating. It can knock your confidence and it can make you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, why is... You know why don't I get any support, or why don't you know? I see some people doing a whole lot less, and they get like put on a pedestal as if they just created something brand new and stuff like that. And I think Charlotte, sure, like, you're 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 being built up for a reason. You you the business world you you are entering into, you need to have really thick skin. So all this stuff to me, when I look at the grand scheme of things of where I plan to go, it's really really small. But the lessons are lifelong in terms of making myself resilient determined and self-reliant.
0: Wow, Shah. And how do you make yourself resilient? How are you managing to, instead of being silenced, to speak up? What do you do to quieten those moments of self-doubt and those those moments where you're like, oh, where do I go from here? How do you pick Um, yourself up?
2: I have to um, remind myself and look at everything that I've done yeah. And because um, sometimes it's easy to make yourself feel small and just think like, oh, you know, just start feeling sorry for yourself. But one thing I believe is feeling sorry for yourself doesn't change anything. I honestly believe that. It does not change a thing in your life. You can have a day off and feel sad, but you've got to remember that, you know, life doesn't stop because you're feeling sad. You need to get up and continue pushing forward. And they always say, just as you're about to quit, that's when your breakthrough comes. And one of the ways that I keep myself up, as I said, is I look at all my successes already and I look at what I've done it with practically nothing, practically no help. Just, you know, and the more I do, the more great people I'm introduced to and the more opportunities get opened up. And I I find it hard to stop. Like, and I got this crazy belief in myself, like it's almost, um, it's almost delusional in terms of from the outside. (laughs) I I, I just got this self-belief where I believe I know I'm meant to live a certain life. I know I'm meant to be doing certain things and I know where I'm meant to be. And nothing can stop me from believing that. I believe only God alone will stop me from believing what I believe in my head on how I'm meant to be in my life and what I'm meant to be doing. So it's weird. It's it's just, I just got this weird natural knowingness that I'm meant to do certain things. And, you know, when I see that, okay, I was, I, for years I was getting blocked from all the newspapers and stuff like that. And then I create Mogul Magazine and then I got celebrities from all across America. It's funnily enough, a lot of Americans love the platform. A lot a few of my covers feature celebrities from America on the front cover. In a million years, I couldn't have predicted that. I couldn't have predicted celebrities coming in my inbox asking for interviews with mobile Mm. magazine.
0: They are stunning, stunning front covers. Oh
1: my gosh. Thank you so
2: much. You know, I couldn't have predicted it. So it's like, sure. Like you were, I don't know, but to me when you're working and when you're genuine and you love what you do and it's just sometimes I don't even know if it's my idea. It just comes in my head and it's just like, yeah, I need to do it. But I think one of my greatest things is that I'm a doer. I fail a whole lot. I make some, I make lots of mistakes, but when something comes in my head and says, sure, you have to do this. I don't wait another moment. I just do it.
1: That's a real, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Cause what you were saying about that kind of knowing, um, I know what I'm meant to be here to do I know kind of what I I just kind of have this innate knowing and and I feel like a lot of people can probably resonate with that um and it's the doing isn't it it's that acting and and not thinking and this is something that I hear a lot from some of the clients I've been working with, which is, but am I too small? Am I too small to do this? Am I too, and you mentioned that just now, you know, in those real doubting moments, that's when you're feeling small. And, and for me, what it sounds like is you're, you've kind of built yourself up and you've got yourself ready to like, put that, (laughs) put that cloak on for want of a better word and and be out there and say, do you know what, this thought has come into my head and I'm going to do, um, and not really let yourself have those moments of, well, why wouldn't I do that? Am I too small for the to do that? You know, um, and it's what, was there moments kind of, we go, cause obviously now you can look at a lot of things that you've done and, and use that as evidence to say, look, I can do all this stuff. Um, but was there a time kind of, I guess, before some of those bigger things maybe happened that you had to kind of hype yourself up in other ways?
2: Um, I feel like it- As I said, it's a weird thing because I don't know where I get this confidence from. I honestly don't. I I feel like I always, from even when I was young, I always had a vision in my head. Like I used, when I was playing games as a child, I used to love pretending to be a businesswoman. I used to love Love it. it, you know, like that was one of my imaginary games growing up, like being a businesswoman. And then I used to love being creative and like music and stuff like that. So I feel like, um... Coming from a background which heavily involved music, that definitely built up my confidence. So even though I, I, I just, I always was meant to be in business. I was, and I wish I started earlier. I started looking at business from the age of 31. Like I mm-hmm. find that's pretty late, but then they say it's a fact that the average the average successful entrepreneur becomes an entrepreneur at the age of 35. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like that. that's just one of the world facts regarding entrepreneurialism that mm-hmm. most entrepreneurs become entrepreneur at the age of 35. But then what I find is, is that a lot of the support and grants and stuff like that for entrepreneurs are for young Younger entrepreneurs. People. Yeah. So it's like, they're for young people. The cutoff date is often 25 mm-hmm. or even 30. If you're lucky, if you could find one that goes up to 30, you are, you know, you found a pot of gold, but The fact is, most people don't become an entrepreneur until they're 35, and that makes sense because all my younger years I weren't sure what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, and it it does make sense because we build on our experiences, and I think that they then inform us and they help us to find how we're going to move forward. It's like you said that your your cosmetics kind of came out of the back of those experiences that you were personally having and, and that your daughter was having. And so yeah. how do we build those experiences? We do, Most people aren't going to build those experiences when they're 15, 16, 17, no. right? We build them when we're a bit older. Um, yeah. I, I was just interesting to uh, interested to know. So you said when you were young and you, you were playing, you would always be like you'd have, you'd be the businesswoman and or the dolls would be the businesswoman. And um, wh- where was that idea of a, who a businesswoman w- was, what a businesswoman was, wh- where was that coming into your head from? Do you know, have you, have you got role models around you that, or people around you, or even in the media um, that you were kind of getting that, that kind of role modeling from?
2: It, I, it could have very well have been through the media. I can't necessarily pinpoint it on one specific person, mm. but it, I just think the idea. It may sound silly, but a woman in a suit, mm-hmm. you know, being a boss, Love it, it just really. Just I I guess I just really liked it, you know, mm-hmm. and that is one of the things I do remember. Like I remember creating like fake money out of paper and putting the numbers on there and cutting yeah. it into little squares and having it in my purse and pretending to like you know just have lots of money and go out and buy stuff and <laughs> just be a businesswoman with a notepad uh-huh. and a pen. Who knows what I was writing at the time? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it just felt it it just it, I just remember always. Liking it, yeah, you know, and always kind of believing I'm gonna be a businesswoman. I couldn't, I, I don't, did, I didn't know, I didn't know what field I was gonna be, and I didn't have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I just knew that I, I was always meant to do business, and I feel like although I start, I, I find, I feel I started late on the, my entrepreneurial route, but I did need those life's lessons mm-hmm. leading up to that point when I was 31 and decided, right, Shar, you need to really think about what you're going to do, what it is that you want to do. You know, I always worked for people up to that point as well. And it's, I just knew that I want my own. Mm -hmm. I want to create my own. I want to leave something for my daughter. I want to, I I just, I always felt like I was bigger than the work I was Mm -hmm. given. Yeah. You know,
0: when you were looking for that, that wish to create something of your own, was that um, just, Concurrent with the, your natural hair journey was it at the same time? And so, because I was really struck by your uh, reflection that in your head, as you were starting to make these products and everyone was loving them and they were working so well for your daughter and for you, that statement you said, you said, "Right, Shah, why don't you start your own business?" I mean, that's a very powerful thought. It's very clean. It might be, of course, just beautifully edited as a result of time, but it sounded very authentic and real. And I wonder, is it because of the environment you were in and because you were on another journey as well, which was for independence, for, for creating something that worked and was authentic to you to help you play at this higher level?
2: I I definitely think it was. I feel that it was just my natural life um, journey. Mm. You know, I was meant to my daughter was meant to look at me and be like, mom, I want my hair like yours. And I was meant to look in the mirror at myself and feel bad for not representing my true self to my daughter. It's, I I was meant to go through all of that. I was meant to do some deep diving within and look at how I'm representing myself to my child. And I was meant to um, start loving myself naturally. And I just felt it was a natural progression, mm-hmm you know, and then thinking of, oh, right, Char, you need to do this as a business. I have a lot of energy. I know I'm a very high energy person and any job I go into my, my, I didn't, lo- I didn't know this, but I used to keep clashing at jobs that I was going into because I kept outshining the master <laughs> that in the laws, the 48 laws of power, that is one of the worst things you can do. And I kept doing it without realizing that's what I was doing. But because I've got so much ideas and I want to do the things mm-hmm. as best as I can, and I kept overachieving, and I realized that they don't want you to overachieve, Shar. They want you to just do the job, keep it simple, keep it small, keep it in the box, and just do this job. Don't think bigger. Don't do nothing bigger. Don't try to excel um, the. I guess the business. I guess there organization too far forward. You're, you're not thinking how the bosses are thinking. they got a structure that works for them and they want to keep it in this confined box. And that is totally fine. But, um, I feel like, um, when the thought came in my head, why well, actually need to turn this into a business? I just thought, of course I can. Like, why, why couldn't I? I could do anything. I could do mm-hmm. anything. Why would I not do it? <laughs> it's weird. I, just, I didn't know where I get the confidence from, but did your
0: parents just, did you when you were growing up, did you have people who were celebrating your strengths, your skills, your capacity to just take on the world?
2: um I would say my parents definitely um play a big role in my life in terms of um my dad he always made me feel special in terms of like I'm you know his only child and I always knew that I was loved and that. I am a special young girl, and I felt like I always joke around to him and say, like, Dad, like, you know, you're so blessed to have me as your daughter. Like, you know, you got it covered. You ain't got to do nothing more with your life. You got me as your daughter. Like, what more could you ask for? Like, you know, we do have banner like that. But I never ever felt, I just feel like um, I would say my parents um inspired me in the way that I would never want to let them down. And I want them to see that. Like, I told you I was going to do this. See, mum, look. See, dad, look. I told you I was going to do this. I told you, like, I'm telling you, the heights I'm going to get to is going to be like, you guys, they never even imagined it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I I believe I'm going to be able to open up their world in a way to say there's more than, you know, Bristol. There's more than what we know as life. There's a lot more out there and I'm planning to get there you know, and then come back and show you guys, look, this is where we could go.
1: I I, I find that really beautiful (laughs) to listen to and really inspiring. And I think um, partly because I recognise a similar relationship with my parents. um, And the thing I was just thinking about is that the mixture between kind of knowing you are loved, knowing you've got a safe space to come back to knowing that maybe if you take a risk, then that's not everything on the line because you've got that, that, you know, that grounding of knowing that you're loved at the same time as going, I've got this energy inside of me. I've got this ambition. I've got this vision um, and I've got the drive and the skills and, if I don't have the skills, I can learn them and, you know, to, to push forward and be able to then bring that back. And it almost, it feels to me that it's like, you it, because your parents provide that, that, that love and that that kind of knowing love that you're able to then almost pay that back by going, by giving me this, you enabled me to create all of these things and widen the world for you. Um, just, Find it very beautiful. I didn't really have a question there, but I just wanted to kind of reflect on that and say that I think there's something really meaningful um in in that. Did you have any other questions about that particular part, Amy? Otherwise I'll Well, I was just what I or, was struck. Maybe but... observation.
0: Well, what I was um <laughs> I was struck by is actually this wonderful knowing and this fabulous building up and forward. And then when you and I um well, we first met at an event, I think, last year. But then, uh, when we started talking about the podcast uh, in early summer, it was that moment of natural pause and reflection. And, and I know, I know that you were artistic director. You might still be of St Paul's Carnival, and you had the mogul-minded group of. Uh, the events, the awards going on. And COVID must have just put a stop on so many of your plans. How did yeah. you manage to just regroup and make it a summer of success as it as it ended up being?
2: I would say um, when COVID happened, when it, when, when it first, you know, the media was crazy with the um, reporting of it. Like, it was really, really depressing. Like, in all honesty, I, my, my, one of my biggest fears was probably thinking I was going to lose family members, you know. Like, that was just a thought in my head, like, oh my God, like, Dad, you need to really be, like, seriously careful out there. I want you to stay home. Like, I just started, you know, trying to keep him at home as much as possible. Like, you know, let me know. I, I was doing a shopping. I was doing everything I can to just try and keep him safe. And then I thought... Um, so when it come to, when it came to anything I was doing outside of my family, everything suddenly became a bit less important. It wasn't important. My main concern was keep my family safe and do all I can to help where I can help. And, um, so as much as I love doing all my events and stuff like that, I think, um, it made me, it showed me right off the bat that ultimately nothing is more important than my family you know, so those few months off, it really, I, I didn't really even really think of it like that until you just asked me the question, but it was so easy to stop doing everything. I didn't, it wasn't important, you know, dad, are you safe? Do you have food? Do you have everything you need? Do you need anything? I know my mum's okay. Do you know what I mean? So, cause she, um, with, between me and my brothers and sisters, we, you know, my mum was good as well, but family just came first, you know, and I was just looking out for my brother and, and, everything like that. It's just family just came first. That was it. You know, making sure my daughter's okay, making sure she's not going crazy in the house. That was it. You know, everything else, it was just so easy to put everything on pause and just focus on my family. Um now that and then after a few months, by about June, I started getting a bit restless saying, how long is this gonna go on for? Like, you know, I'm looking at articles saying that the, the hospitals are empty, you know, they're, they're, they're reporting that they were doing the counting wrong and they were put reporting on the deaths wrong because if someone had COVID six weeks ago, then died of terminal cancer six weeks later, they still put it down as COVID. And the messages really were mixed and, com- and becoming very confusing from the government. So I was like, I can't live in fear. I can't let my daughter live in fear. We need to live. Do you know what I mean? Yes, we need to be safe, but I need to live. I cannot live with this. Oh, 10 people died today. 50 people died. Oh, a hundred people. Like, it's just like, it's crazy that they even did that. Do you know what I mean? In the history of media, they have never gave us daily death numbers for any illness or disease or virus, you know? So mentally I was saying that. Look how much people like depression has gone through the roof during this period, just because of the, how the media is reporting on it. Like I'm like, are you trying to kill us with bad news? You know, thoughts are very powerful. Words have energy, and you are bombarding the public. Yes, tell us the the facts and the figures, but be a bit more tactful when you're doing it. Do You know what I mean? Have a bit of Consideration for the people who are not mentally strong. I believe I'm mentally strong. And it did have me paralyzed in terms of just focusing on my family for about eight to 12 weeks, like, you know, until it was like, this isn't healthy. I need to live. I need to not think about COVID. I need to enjoy my family. I need to visit my family. I need to go out and be with my friends and my loved ones and spend, make memories with my daughter. I cannot be locked away for a virus that they say has not point whatever percent, you know, yes, it's it's a real virus. There is something out there, but we've not stopped the world for anything else. That, you know, I, it's just, it's a weird one because I know there's so many conflicting um, points of views on this, not conflicting, but there's so many different points of views on this, but I just feel that we need to live. We cannot hide away forever. Do you know what I mean? And what if it comes every year are we going to be locking down every year like how are we going to deal with this are we going to be you know in groups of six like I can't visit like right now we're back in lockdown again you can't go to your parents house if there's more than six people there do you know what I mean like it's really but you could still go grouse shooting or fox hunting or whatever it is that they do like it's just crazy
1: and that's the real frustration isn't it it's the contradictions um it's not about not respecting the like genuine um Danger issue. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's about going. Hang on a second. Why have we reported in this way? Why have we done things like you said to to really not consider people's mental health until way down the line? And even now, it doesn't necessarily feel like that's <laughs> that's getting considered. um
2: No, it feels like and, it's getting worse again. We had a bit of a yeah. break over the summer, and it's like, okay, well, we had all the marches. We like I thought there would have been a spike when the marches happened. I honestly did. It seemed like nothing happened then. It was cool. Like, you know, COVID took a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now it's coming back again, you know? So I was like, th- th- it really, it genuinely confuses me in that sense to say that there was so much mingling going on during May, June. There was so much, like, and I would say mingling in terms of we were still on the tail of the peak. Yeah. Yeah you know, and then we had the summer off, you know, I right, enjoy your summer, you know, you have got four weeks of, you know, eat out and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we all enjoyed it. And now it's rising again. And it just makes me think like, I, I don't know, obviously I'm not an expert in viruses and stuff like that, but it just off, just off the bat, just looking at it, it just seems really crazy. But as I said, we have to live, you know, so dropping everything for those few months, it wasn't a problem. It is disappointing because I, I feel like, in 2019, I was getting into my stride. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was ready to hit the ground running in 2020. Like, honestly, I couldn't. no one could have yeah. predicted what 2020 had in store for us all. I was yeah. just getting into my stride in terms of my events. Like, you know, it was my fourth year in 2019. So this would have been my fifth year. I wanted it to be bigger and better. I, I was just ready and it stopped me. But what it did let me do is just spend time with my family.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I- it really did in terms of just slow down. I love those who you love,
1: yeah it's um as you tell this as you tell that story and going back kind of to a pattern that seems to have been throughout your life or throughout the journey that you've talked to us about um it a lot of it seems to come down to like the way you're you're taking in your stride even at these more difficult times and when it's like completely unexpected and getting in the way of the plans and everything else that you've still let yourself listen to your instinct um and you've you've done that all the way along that you've gone I'm I have this knowing and I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to act on that so you, you mentioned kind of that focus on your family it was just really obvious to you that that's what Needed to happen in those first eight weeks, and then you got a bit more restless, and, and you started yeah. to focus on other things. But it's do you, do you do kind of what do you do to make sure that you are in touch with that you're connected to yourself, and you're connected to um, you know to be able to listen to yourself and to keep yourself healthy in that way. You mentioned that you that you kind of feel that you're mentally strong as well. Do you do you have things in your life that allow you to keep those things going?
2: Um, I think I, I, um, I don't know what it is, but I feel that, um, there's so much more to life that we cannot see. There are forces that we cannot see. We are connected in ways that we just, that maybe the, we just don't have the capacity in our human mind to understand. So sometimes you have to have room to, um, let be, they say, let go and let God, And when you build up that faith that God has will never let you down, you, you start just following the path that opens up for you. Like you just kind of get intuition and nudges on what to do next or when to step back or when you just need to think or, or, you know, it's, um, I think, I think there's a space between my confidence and my faith in God that just brings it all together in a way that it's hard for me to even understand it it's because sound like I'm speaking in circles right yeah. now but it's um it's just knowing that life is not what we see plainly we see it we're looking at it and we're in it you know yeah. but there's um sometimes you've got to be able to just be mm-hmm. and know yeah. that it's divine. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like every, like everything that I ended up doing naturally happened. I, I didn't. I wasn't a young person planning. Oh, I'm gonna have a hair care line, or <laughs> I wasn't in my twenties thinking of having a um, not hair care, skincare line, or anything like that. It all just divinely happened. Yeah. You know, I was meant to have my beautiful daughter. She was meant to say what she said to me. You know, our children teach us so much. Our, to- our children are probably our biggest teachers because mm-hmm. they teach us patience. <laughs> <laughs> they teach us really how to love. You know, they, they, um, they're they just the best teachers because you know, they are so free and they just say exactly how they see it and they say exactly what they're feeling. And they're not scared. And I believe that, you know, my mom always said, your child is going to be five of you you know, and I'm like, Ooh, help me. <laughs> <Lord."> <laughs> you know, but, um, is, 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 um, yeah, it's that space of just, um, you need to, if you, if you have faith in the divine or faith that some things are beyond me, mm-hmm. I can't, everything I'm doing, I'm doing, but I wouldn't be able to do it. It could be just me because I know it's not everyone. I'm not even religious. I just believe that there's a force out there that takes care of everything. If you look at nature and if you try to align with nature and how nature naturally grows and it's got its seasons and its cycles, like light, like that is probably one of our greatest teachers. It's just, just looking at nature and just going with the flow on how things are, you know, pay attention to um, just the cycles, you know, sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down, but We're still here.
1: Yeah. It's the word faith. And I think like not everyone listening, like everyone will have different beliefs who's listening, but I think that word faith is still a really strong one um, because that's what allows you to let go. And it doesn't have to be believing in... I I don't know, a path that is divinely set out for you necessarily, but it's still that idea of having faith that there is that you know, like you said, there are forces we can't see, um, and there are the, these the cycles and and the the rhythm of of nature that that does you know interact with all of us, and even just the way we connect with each other. Um, and I think kind of being able to to sometimes just let go of that grip of that control that where you think I have to push everything and you know and that's how I'm going to be a success and it has to all be about pushing 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 um that's kind of having a lack of faith and I think that's that's what a lot of people we have spoken to you know that's when things like burnout come come in and and people aren't able to necessarily see see perspective when they're when they're working through their their challenges or building new opportunities so I think that I think that word faith is a really strong word like kind of regardless of people's actual beliefs you know religious beliefs or any other kind of beliefs so i i yeah. think it's really great that, that you brought that up and talked about that because i think it's very powerful it's
0: trusting yeah. in the yeah. bigger the bigger picture and the bigger energy and and actually i was reflecting shah that you were talking about your faith and and divine uh unfolding a sort of inevitable unfolding a trusting and knowing that actually you are on a path that is determined and is right and meant to be and then right at the end you mentioned you're not religious and I wondered if actually that faith though does even if you're not necessarily attending church regularly or praying regularly as some very devout uh uh, faith-based individuals do. Do you have, um, a practice that allows you to just be still and, and connect to that knowing and to that bigger force at any time?
2: Um, I would, I pray to God, you know, I, I like to, um, I definitely pray to God. I just don't want to get involved in mm-hmm. religion because it all confuses me. I'm like, well, which one's the right one? <laughs> yes. You know, More I, was brought, I, yeah, I was, you know, when I was younger, I used to go Sunday school. I used to, you know, I, I was a Christian growing up. Naturally, that's what my family was. And it's just like, as I got older and I started doing research and stuff, well, I was like, well, should I be a Muslim? Should I be a Christian? Like, what am I meant to be? And I just said, you know what? And then I started looking at all the world wars around the world and I'm not blaming it on religion. I'm just saying it didn't make me, it didn't put me in the, push me in that direction in order to go to somebody, to go to a structure and say, this is how you need to pray. And, you know, I used to have debates. I used to work in the money shop. (laughs) In Peckham, mm. and I would end up having long debates with the customers because they're telling me the only way I can get to my God or get to God is through Jesus, and I'm like, "Did God come and tell you that?" And we used to, and we used to be <laughs> seriously debating. they used to be like, "No, you cannot get to God," and I used to be like, "But I pray to God every day, and I've never once had to go through Jesus." And I'm not saying you've got a direct I'm not line. Saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm right and I'm not saying that they're wrong. What I'm saying is, is that who said that is the only way? Because if I go to a Muslim, they're going to tell me something different. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, I'm just confused. And, but I do feel safe and I have faith in what I'm doing is right Mm -hmm. for me, which is just praying to, to the higher power. Yes. You know, I'm not saying they're wrong because to me, everyone, what works Like I still listen to Christian sermons. There are preachers out there that are brilliant. And like, it could be a Sunday and I just feel like, let me just listen to something that just uplift my spirit right now. And I'll listen to a Christian sermon, you know, I, I, and they'll be speaking about Jesus, but I'm listening to the message. I'm not too worried about the messenger. I'm listening to the message. What am I going to take away from this? How is this making me feel? Do you know what I mean? So, um, I feel that I just try not to put too much emphasis on the cover of the book and I take, and I'm more interested in the content.
1: Yeah.
2: If that makes sense. So religion could be like the cover of the book, the the brand of religion or mm-hmm. the name of the religion, but the content, they all pretty much say the same thing. And I'm more interested in that.
1: Yeah. Right. So, so we've kind of talked about all the, the challenges, uh, of, this year, um, but you said that you started to get itchy feet again. And, and I actually, I'm, I'm going to read back something from your, uh, from the Moga minded group Instagram, um, <laughs> right now. Um, which is, which is a quote from Socrates. Uh, and again, probably about the message r- rather than the messenger. Um, uh, but the secret of change is to focus all your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. So for you, what's the, what's the new now? What's the kind of things that we're looking at as you go forward? Have you got, um, new irons in the fire? Are you rethinking how you might do events or awards or what, what's happening next for you?
2: I am at the moment when it comes to events, I'm not, I have not put any thought onto it yet. I haven't because the world, I don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what is going to happen in the next few months. I am literally going with the flow on events. I'm not thinking about it, but luckily for me, I have other things that it's really given me, this shutdown time has really given me a chance to look at. So I'm just all about refining right now. I want the magazine to be the best magazine it could possibly be. I, I, I. So I got lots of work to do with the magazine, where I want it to go and what I want, how I want the platform to be. And luckily it's digital. Do you know what I mean? The only thing that's kind of slowed me down is the one-to-one interviews, you know, which I love doing, you know, getting in front of the camera and doing interviews, but I got the magazine to refine and focus on you know, like I, I know that there's, um, I know that I've got lots of expansion that I could do with that there. And then I have nine cosmetics, which is a physical product. Do you know what I mean? That I can, that I am selling. So I've got two big things that I, that I can work on outside of the events right, right now. So I am still pretty busy In that sense, you know, there's always, it's just, I feel like it's a slight shift of focus. When I could do events again, hopefully I'll be on an even bigger level in terms of my platforms and my businesses. Hopefully by the next time I do an event, like my magazine is, is international now, but fully international. I've had some great people on the cover and exclusive interviews. Like, so it will just give me more of a track record for when I go back to doing events. That's what I'm, um, so it's about refining the, the two other angles, the two other aspects of my, yeah of my empire, that's to put it.
1: <laughs> it's amazing how restrictions sometimes can give us that focus actually, like you said, to then do the refinement and, and grow things in a different way. Yeah. Um, just to give people a taster, who who's recently been on the cover? Which or what? What would you like to? What, what would you celebrate recently that you've done? Just to give listeners a kind of idea of of what they might find in the magazine.
2: Um, well, the magazine is literally a fun lifestyle magazine, but the purpose of the magazine is to put rising entrepreneurs and creatives alongside some of the world's biggest stars that is like the, the crux of the magazine. I want to put like, you know, I want to put big celebs on the cover and have exclusive interviews with the celebs. And then I want to put in the magazine entrepreneurs and small businesses and creatives in there as well. Because what I find is, um, there's not many platforms that does that. Like there's not many platforms in terms of business anyway, there probably is some out there, but, there's not many that you can have a small brand new business that's doing well in their hometown alongside an international singer in one magazine. And then you'll get the international singer put in this magazine on their page with this small business on the front cover with their name right next to you. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's all about placement and putting each other beside each other. And, you know, it's just a platform where I want to help elevate small businesses, entrepreneurs and creatives, you know, so I do have a long way to go. I've never done a magazine before, you know, and I, as I said, I created it out of the need, but I would say what I am happy about in terms of the magazine is that the interest I get, and as I said, it's a lot of interest from America. Like our audience is pri- is predominantly American and um, international and the big celebs that I am in contact with are from America. So it could be people with 2 million followers, 3 million followers, and they'll be sharing it on their page. They'll be excited. They'll be putting it on their twitters and stuff like that. And I'm just like, wow, Sharp. It makes me realize that no matter what I think about what I'm doing, there's people out there with real influence looking at the magazine, looking at the page. Do you know what I mean? So I feel proud in that. I feel extremely proud, you know. And what I, I, I just don't ever say anything. Like lots of good things happened behind the scene lots of people will come over and show their support for the magazine on like our pages and stuff like that. And I just don't say anything because I don't believe in blowing my own trumpet too much. I just, but what I do do is I soak it all up. Yeah. (laughs) I soak it all up. It's a power source.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know,
2: it's definitely, um, it's, it's, is nice reminders to say, sure you are doing something right. Because if I weren't doing this, they wouldn't have came over here. Yeah. No,
0: it's incredible. Isn't it fantastic how you, despite the avenue of events being closed off to you, you're using this time to be able to shine the light nonetheless, but actually on a global basis on those entrepreneurs that haven't been getting the recognition that they deserve and holding them up. So that power source... Is giving mm-hmm. the light, nonetheless, <laughs> for
2: me to shine. Yeah, yes, yeah, he exactly. certainly is, You know, but um yeah. So going back to the question as well, like one of the celebrities that I recently mm-hmm. interviewed is a singer a songwriter called Lyrica Anderson. She's a Grammy award winner, and she's written songs for Beyonce. She's written songs for Chris Brown, and she's just released a new album. And you know, and I'm just like speaking with her, hearing about what it was like to write for Beyonce, hearing about her being in the studio with superstars like Chris Brown, he's like our modern day Michael Jackson. That's what people call him. And it's just, you know, I would have never been able to have these conversations if I didn't have the magazine, if if, if I wasn't frustrated from not getting, if I didn't do the events and if, and if I wasn't ignored and if I didn't go to those workshops you know, where I was basically told it's not sensational enough. And if I didn't think, sure, you know what, you need to create your own magazine. I wouldn't be having those conversations this year. You know, so it's, as I said, it's all just natural progression. I can't, you know, God knows where this magazine is going to lead me, but I know that I need to refine it. I need to focus on it. I need to, you know, focus on the natural skincare brand, you know, everything. There's a reason why, you know, we can't help that COVID happen, but, I can't do the events at the moment. And the events took up a lot of my time. A lot of my time was focused on doing the events. You know, they were, it took me like six months to plan an award ceremony. So a lot of time went into it. And now it's like, wow, Char, the different doors open at different times. And as I said, if I didn't go through those frustrations, I wouldn't have what I have today.
0: You know, what strikes me is you have the most incredible set of eclectic skills and uh, it's, there, there just don't seem to be, you don't seem to have ever said to yourself, I don't know how it's always like, well, let's go and Mm. learn how. So you've got this, on one hand, you've got a natural skincare product line. You've got your magazine, you're a natural creator of events and connecting of people. Um, how have you done that? How have you uh, enabled yourself to never be shackled by self-doubt about the fact you just don't know how to do it and you just started anyway?
2: You know what? That is so true because everything I'm doing, I've never done before. I've never done, but what I can say and I can give a shout out to is my partner. Um, he's a videographer <laughs> and funnily enough, he picked up the camera because I needed someone to film me I used to do music a few years ago and I was finding it hard to find people to do my music videos. And he was like, oh, you know what, Shar? I'll, I'll buy a camera and I will learn how to shoot videos and I'll shoot your videos. So he picked up a camera and he now has a successful career as a videographer, <laughs> you know, but with him, he is probably my number one supporter in terms of everything I want to do. I get on his nerves, like, <laughs> like no one's business. But everything I've wanted to do, he's helped me do it in terms of, so when I wanted to do it, start my business, he was like, okay, let me figure out how to make your website. When I wanted to do music, he was like, okay, let me figure out how to do videos for you. Like everything I want to do, he is definitely someone who helps me get the ball rolling. Like, and he says to me, he's like, I don't want to hear no more ideas. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) like, stop now please (laughs) I'm playing but um yeah so I would say one I have a natural confidence and two luckily enough I'm with a partner who is ready to go on this crazy journey with me like you know we've gone around and we've interviewed I got up one day when I started the mobile minded group and I said you know I want to interview millionaires I want to do an interview series where I'm interviewing millionaires because they got the answers on how to be successful So he ends up lugging around Wells, you know, with me to meet millionaires and interview them. Well, I'll be interviewing them and he'll be videoing them. And he's like, well, it's good job you said that because all the millionaires that we've now met and interviewed, I would have never have done that if you didn't say you want to interview millionaires. So it's just like, I don't know the word no. (laughs) I do know it because I get told no all the time, but as I say, sometimes something would just come in my head and I'm just a doer, innit? If something comes yeah. in my head, I'll just do it.
1: And I, that's something I wanted to kind of point out as well, because you were saying about, you know, the path is laid out in front of you and you've kind of just done what comes naturally and you've got the support to help do that as well. But none of it would have happened if you didn't step up and do. Um, so it's all about like seeing what the nat- like seeing those things laid out in front of you and being able to identify them and then going, right, now we're getting the work done. Getting, getting the sleeves rolled up and that's where the next opportunity comes from and the next opportunity comes from.
2: Right. And what is surprising is, what people don't realise is a lot of people say yes. Mm. You get lots of no's, but, you know, because I got loads of no's when it came to um, reaching out to newspapers and stuff like that. But the moment I created my own magazine, I got lots of yes, you know, from celebrities who I, who I was reaching out to to interview them. Yeah. you know what I mean? So it's a funny one, or it comes to successful multi-millionaire business people. When I was reaching out to them to interview them, I'm a young girl. They've never known from nowhere. Mm -hmm. They don't know me. They don't know my platform. You know, they might do a little bit of research, but either way, I get lots of yeses. Yeah. And I get used to getting yeses. Mm -hmm. And then I start expecting more yeses. Yeah. And
1: that's powerful, isn't it?
2: You know, you don't always get it, but I... I always say this, if you hear me complaining, I'm being ungrateful. I always say it. If you hear me complaining, I'm being ungrateful because I know the way everything is set up is that I just feel so blessed. Like nothing is easy. I'm not even where I want to be right now, but clearly I am where I need to be. I'm in the perfect position right now to take the next step. I just have to focus. I have to be strategic. I have to have achievable goals. And it's, and I have to be realistic and I have to do my research in terms of what it is I'm doing, you know, and then I have to do it. Ultimately you have to do it. You can do, you can research all day long, you can plan all day long. But as I said, my biggest thing is I just do, you know, I just, I, I, you know, I get an idea and I'm like, I'm going to do that. And I just do it.
1: I have, I have a question I've wanted to ask all the, all the way through, which is, um, what, what is it to be mogul minded?
2: Oh, yes. (laughs) to be mogul minded i would say it's definitely it is a mind frame and it's being positive yeah and it's knowing you can achieve anything you put your mind to now that saying is said over and over again but so many people they say it and i don't believe they believe it mm-hmm. because when you know that you can do anything you put your mind to that is then a reality but and and knowing you would act as though you can do anything you put your mind to. And when you start acting as though you can do anything you put your mind to, you will start seeing the results that you are right. You know, nothing is easy. Like being broke is painful. Being underachieving is painful. Being successful is painful, or should I say can be painful. Being rich can be painful. There's pain in life. Do you know what I mean? But the question is, what do you choose to do on this journey. And once you got that solid sense of knowing that you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Like who's no the question? Who said you couldn't? Mm. That's my question. Yeah. yeah Who said you couldn't? Yeah.
1: I think we all need to tell ourselves that. You know, so
2: yeah. mogul-minded is knowing that you are gonna be successful, knowing that you do have a purpose on this planet. We all only have a short time here, and but we are all meant to be here. We all have a job to do. And it's, it's sometimes it is about just within yourself, that mobile mindedness, it doesn't come from without, it comes from within, you know, and it's something that it's already in all of us. The question is, will you awaken it? Will you allow it to flourish or not? You know, so mobile minded is just, as I say, don't, Murgle, being mogul minded is not dying with the fire inside you oh. you need to shine bright
1: oh so powerful <laughs> um, have, you, have you got any more questions before we wrap up Amy?
0: I only have that reflection that that uh, empowering set of beliefs is so phenomenal and thank you so much for sharing them with us today Becky um, over to you for the last top tip
1: Uh so um so shall we ask everyone to provide us with a top tip for our listeners and that can be a kind of top tip for anything it could just be a general top top tip for life or for entrepreneurship um for leadership uh and so uh, so that they can go out there and try things for them for themselves um so if, if you were to give one top tip what would it be for our listeners
2: Oh, it's funny. I just said it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Don't die. Don't die with the fire inside you. Honestly, just don't. Yeah. You need to let it out. You need to live. You need to try. You need to do. You know. Do not. You know. They say it's a sad saying, but they say the grave, the graveyard is the richest place on the planet. (laughs) All the ideas that's there. Honestly. Yeah. You know. So let's forget about the graveyard. Let's do it now. Yeah. You know. You know. Don't die with the fire inside you. Get up and do it. Do it, do it, do it. It will be hard anyway.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and and as I said, you know, success is not easy, but neither is being poor. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or It's, it's the same. It, it really is the same. It's the same effort doing or not doing. You know, it's, it's a weird one, but yeah, just don't die with the fire inside you. You are here for a reason. You have purpose. You have your power. Just believe in yourself. Honestly, it will, it will open up your world in ways you can, you can't even imagine naturally. Wow. You don't have the force a thing.
1: Wow. Thank you so much. And I, I'm going to go back to something I said right at the beginning, which is, uh, you know, about your it's all about taking other talent with you and, you know, shining light on all the great things that other people are doing. And I'm sure that everyone listening will feel like they are coming with you. I certainly feel inspired by this conversation and, and by that top tip. Um, it's very powerful. And so you're, you're, you're taking me with you and I hope that you're taking all our listeners with you as well. So thank you so much.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. It was a brilliant conversation. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you,
0: Charmaine. Thank you for lighting us all up. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that interview with Shah as much as Becky and I did. Details about where you can find Shah and Mogul Minded Group are in the show notes below. Now, Becky, where can listeners find you?
1: You can find me at uh, beckysage.com or I hang out a lot on Instagram. So that's at Dr. Becky Sage. You can find things about how to get business coaching with me there. Also, if you'd like to invite me to be a speaker or to work on any of your projects, then please do get in touch. So Amy, where can our listeners go if they want to find out more about you?
0: You can find me at amyarmstrongcoaching.com. Come and explore leadership and well-being coaching and hypnotherapy. And if you're struggling with that common SOS of stress, overwhelm, self-doubt, please don't hesitate to reach out. It would be lovely to hear from you.
1: So now it's time to remind our listeners of the My Styling three Cs: curiosity, community. And compassion.
0: So get curious about what resonated most for you in that interview.
1: Join our community by subscribing to the Mind Styling Podcast and share your experiences with us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at Mind Styling Podcast and on Twitter, where you can find us at Mind Styling Pod.
0: And do all this with compassion for yourself and others. Enjoy your mind styling journey. So we can't always control the situations that are going on outside of us, but we can be in control of how we react to those situations. And that is
1: what mind styling is all about.